0: This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5 and on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You just talking? talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy 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 the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Presented by Klein's Jewelry, My Bookie, and Sky Wonder Pyrotechnics. Live from the renterswarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Vice camera action.
1: Hello, world! Welcome in to another edition of Moneyline. We. In studio with the statistician, my partner in grind. You can find him at JordanPFX on Twitter. Josh Jordan! What's up, Jerry? Finally
2: stopped raining for a change. We got a beautiful Sunday morning. Time for some football. Time to get some picks right. How you feeling today, Jerry?
1: I'm turned up all the way. My volume's on 11. Who helps us with that? The guy behind the glass. The
3: DJ from 10 to 12. Cam, what's cracking fellas another beautiful sunday for football
2: that's what i'm talking about man this is exciting we're finally getting to that point of the season where must win right if you're
1: and two you, you better get it right this week. Right, Jerry? You better get it right this week. And if you want to tweet us at any time during the show at Moneyline 975, we we'll answer all your start sending questions. If you have anything gambling wise, or you could give us a call 713-780-3776. And we'll try to assist you in any of your uh, questions leading up to kickoff.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. Also, guys, you can always check us out on Podcast Arena if you missed a little bit of the show. Check out Moneyline there. Follow us, like you said, at Moneyline97.5. Get your questions into us. We'll do the best we can to get you ready for week three. So it looks like a pretty good week here. I. I think there's some really good matchups, a couple couple big games. I think I think the Steelers game against the Bucks could be a high scoring game. I think the Saints and the Falcons, even though that was not a high scoring game matchup last year, typically it's a high scoring game. So I think there could be a lot of fantasy points happening in those two matchups
1: for sure. I agree, and I'm real curious to see what our fantasy expert that uh, comes on every week and talks DFS, Josh. You can find him at Fantasy ADHD. He works for uh, Fantasy Insiders and Roto Grinders. I'm really, really curious to what he's got this week for us. He'll be on in the third segment, so get all your start, sips, uh, sit him questions ready, and we're gonna kill that.
2: Yeah, we've I've already got a few different DraftKings lineups in this week. Um, I try to, you know, mix them up a little bit. I don't want them to be exactly the same, obviously, and I. I'm playing quite a few, not for a ton of money, just so I can kind of spread out my takes and see how it comes in for me this week. I will say just off the top, I kind of like the value of Ryan Tannehill this week. So I'm going to ask at Fantasy ADHD about his take on Ryan Tannehill this week, playing the uh, the Raiders coming from all the way across the country. And uh, John Gruden saying, not much of a pass rush. Uh, wonder why that is. <laughs> Maybe it's that Khalil Mack guy you sent out of town.
1: Yeah, and I also got a couple questions for him as far as I know Corey Clement's been the, the hot topic this week yeah. with all the injuries and stuff, but I know that with his price tag, he's going to be extremely over-owned in the DFS world, and I want to see if he's going to gravitate towards that player.
2: Yeah, I've actually heard a few conversations about that. Some experts saying, yeah, go ahead and take the free space with Clement, take that incredible value find your contrarian player you know somewhere else in your lineup but we'll see what he has to say about that because I'm glad you brought that up Jerry I I was looking at my when I was filling out my DraftKings. I'm like do I take the free Corey Clement and you know he's been a little banged up too the quads bothering him a little bit so he's not completely safe I mean Friday he did pop up on the injury report
1: yeah he's not safe at all and I'm just kind of curious to what they're going to do with the first game with Wentz. Are they going to ease him back? Are they going to use the short passing game as a, a way to, to extend the run game? You know, what are they going to do? I doubt they go out there and rip it. And from what I've seen, the weather's not going to help them out at all.
2: No, so th- that could be an issue for sure. And, you know, I actually kind of like the Colts as a really cheap uh, play for DFS. I took them in a few of my DraftKings leagues. And it, really, it's just about Carson Wentz, first game back you know nothing else we saw Deshaun he was a little rusty first week back and I I don't think it's crazy to think Carson Wentz might be a little rusty in his first game so I like to go as cheap as I can on fantasy defenses so uh, that's a play this week that I kind of like hopefully it won't blow up in my face we shall see
1: what are some plays from last week that stood out who do we classify as fantasy cash you got to talk about Mr. uh, Ryan Fitzmagic how about how about that how about his press conference? What he was wearing <laughs> after that? I, I honestly, I uh, I scrolled by it and I thought it was Conor McGregor kind I, of work, but I'm, I don't know what I was thinking to be honest. You like but that. I like yeah.
2: that. I do like that. I think he should have gotten ten extra fantasy points just for dressing like that after the game.
1: Yeah, and the, the most, the funniest part about it is Deshaun Jackson waiting for his gear so he can leave. He's like, all right, this has gone on enough. Like, all right, hand me my stuff back. But no, honestly, uh, it goes to show you the confidence and. The feeling in the locker room in Tampa right now, these guys weren't expecting that from him. I mean, let's be honest here. He's his two games thus far are on a historic, historic pace, and no one was expecting that. Now you got Jameis Winston sitting back there wondering, does he get his job back? What do you think?
2: I think you gotta ride the hot hand until it doesn't work out. So I and they do have a bye week coming up early in the season. So I think we'll see how he plays against the Steelers this week, but you know, until he shows you he turns back into a pumpkin and he's Ryan Fitz tragic again, I think you keep rolling him out there.
1: And especially with the high totals that his team's always going to carry because the the Tampa defense isn't something to be scared about, but the game script's always going to follow your way. And if you target the opposing team, which this week we know the Steelers got a high-flying offense, and we know Big Ben's road splits and the troubles he's had, but whenever you – are playing against a defense like that and an offense that's been shining you have no other option but to try to stack some of the Steelers players
2: no doubt and just for everybody out there that maybe they want to spend some money on Antonio Brown this week I know it's not a regular Sunday slate of game so you'll have to get in the right contest but usually when Antonio Brown complains about not getting the football the next week you know what he gets the football so I would look for Antonio Brown to have a big week
1: huge huge week and the talk out of Pittsburgh and everything that's going on in the locker room, it's so not Pittsburgh, and at one point, I'm starting to think as a Pittsburgh fan, did Mike Tomlin lose that locker room?
2: It's starting to look that way, it really is i I didn't think it'd get to this point this fast, but here we are, and you know losing games you know that adds to it more than anything, and I don't think Le'Veon Bell's coming back anytime soon. And it's it's obvious he's not the only issue because they're having a lot of problems, and he's nowhere around the team right now. So I'm a little worried. I still like Juju Smith-Schuster, and, you know, I still like Connor. You know, you start him every week, and, of course, you're starting Antonio Brown. But I don't know. I, I'm starting to get worried, about the the vibes are not good is what I have to say about the Steelers. They are not Have you not
3: guys good. seen those Jesse James comments? No, we'll go, go ahead he, tell uh, us about it. I was reading the other day where, you know, obviously Jesse James is um, – you know, the tight end who's, who's had a monster start to the season and he's a free agent after this year, but he, he he was saying some stuff along the lines of he's basically felt for the last three years that he never knows if he's going to be back. Like, there's so much uncertainty within that locker room and stuff that he's he's always been just kind of nervous. Like, okay, is this my actual last year? Is this my last year? Is this, last... Is this my last year? So, yeah, it goes way beyond Le'Veon Bell. And for the last couple
1: of years, we've heard talks about is this Big Ben's last run? And he's been real verbal about it. He'll he'll make it public, and he doesn't like the things that goes on with Tomlin. And it's also about the small game decisions that he makes in close games. He's known to make the wrong decisions, and he's lost games rather than win them. And he, I think he's also been just fortunate to have inherited that that big offense that the Steelers way. You know what I mean? He was really, really fortunate. And now it's kind of backlashing after what we thought was a player's coach and somebody that was a real raw, raw guy. And all of a sudden, I mean, it started last year in the playoffs whenever Antonio Brown's taping inside the locker room after that playoff when letting you inside something that's supposed to be private for the organization. And that just goes to tell you that their heads aren't in the right places.
2: Yeah. And, you know, remember Todd Haley left, the offensive coordinator for the Steelers. He's been there for several years. You know, him and Ben just weren't getting along anymore. And, you know, the Browns' offense looks pretty decent, and that's where Todd Haley is now. You know, that guy knows how to coach up offense. So a lot of stuff for the Steelers, just everything's moving, right? Bell's not back, and Antonio Brown's being a problem. You know, you you lose your offensive coordinator. And def- you know, they lost Joe Hayden. That was a big loss for them. I think he's going to be back this week. But they have not been good on defense, really, since Shazier went down last year. They've really struggled.
1: In games without Shazier, I read, they are averaging their defense is giving up 29 points per game. When he was in, they used to average 17 and a half. So that goes to show you it's, he wasn't just a, a linebacker. He, he ran it. You know what I mean? He was the quarterback to a defense. And we know what that does. Whenever you lose the Sean Lees to the world of the yeah. world, to your defense, it, it, it helped. It, he helps everyone around him, even though he's not directly involved in every single play.
2: No, I agree. They, They Got quite a few problems in Pittsburgh, but for our fantasy purposes, guys, you're going to fire up your Steelers this week. Your Steelers defense that you might have been kind of liking when you drafted them, it might be time to maybe move on from them and jump in the stream and just you know kind of stream defenses, you know, week to week based on matchup. What do you think, Jerry? You probably cut in the Steelers defense if you have
1: them. I'm a streamer as well. The defense they've always lacked getting to the quarterback, at least lately. And then they tend to play this zone defense. And we saw what Brady did to them last year in that playoffs, but Hogan just running all over them. And I think they're just lost. They need a sense of identity at this point. And when you think of Pittsburgh, you usually think of the old school, the linebackers, you know what I mean? They were that tough, hard-nosed 3-4. And we just don't have that. After Dick LeBeau and everyone left, you know, it was it was a different ball game and it's a different world in Pittsburgh now. And we're trying to basically reconstruct the defense.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. So, but for fantasy, if they give up a lot of points, that's probably a good thing, right? So, you know, because they're going to have to play catch up. So, that's probably a good thing for you. So that should that should be an exciting game. At least there should be a lot of points. That one should be fun to watch.
1: Yeah, from the injury world. Breaking news. News flash.
4: What's up, y'all? Just as we're heading to this break, just wanted to give you guys a lay of the land in terms of injury news before we really get going with everything. Obviously, the biggest news from the QB position, Carson Wentz is active this week, which is a huge deal for anyone who drafted him. He came back a little bit earlier than I was expecting, and a lot of people were expecting, to be honest. So the fact that he's back is good news for just about any single player on that Eagles offense. Going through all these people that are out right now, Dalvin Cook is for sure out this week. That makes Latavius Murray, for me, a must play against a honestly terrible Bills defense. Devontae Freeman is out, so Tevin Coleman's, again, going to be a strong play. Joe Mixon is out, and that means that Gio Bernard should get some looks. They've got a pretty tough matchup this week against the Panthers, so he's someone I'd be pretty hesitant on playing. But if you're in a deeper league, you can take a look at him. And then on the Eagles, Jay Ajayi and Darren Sproles are both out. Corey Coleman's expected to play, so expect him to see some major snaps. So he's going to be a massive sleeper this week. At the receiver position... Larry Fitzgerald, who is questionable, missed some practice this week. He's going to play. T.Y. Hilton, after missing practice for the entire week, he's going to play. Doug Baldwin, again, he's out with that knee injury. But outside of that, we've got plenty of guys at the receiver position who are questionable. Once we get that information from the from the league, we'll have that for you guys. And then at tight ends, Jack Doyle, Greg Olson, both out. Jack Doyle being out is huge news for anyone who's got Eric Ebron because he's had a pretty decent start to the season, and he's going to be an even better option with the— uh, Jack Doyle not taking any of those snaps. That's all I got for you guys right now. As we get more news, I'll have it for you. Thank you,
2: Andrew. Appreciate it, man. And I
1: hear the song in the background. (laughs) Tell me about it, Josh. I see you over here sharpening up your knuckles.
2: (laughs) Why does Leonard Fournette hate me, Jerry? I mean, I I spent my first-round pick on him, and apparently he just likes to play, you know, a little bit of the first half of week one and then just kind of, you know, practice. Just run around and jog around at practice, look really good for reporters, and then... Eh, I don't feel like playing. So Leonard Fournette is absolutely killing me. I have I own a lot of Leonard Fournette, a lot of Fournette stock. And and he hates me. He hates my life. He hates when I win fantasy games, Jerry, and I'm not really very happy about that. And uh I, I'm I'm really frustrated I'm not I'm beyond frustrated with him, but I get why they're not playing him this week. They're playing Blaine Gabbard. They probably figure what's what's the point of risking him tweaking that hamstring this week? They don't really need him to win that game. And You know, if I'm looking big picture, then I'm cool. You know, if Fournette's who I thought he would be for the back half of the fantasy season and he's awesome, then okay, But, man, he's killing me right now because there's not a lot out there. And you're you're not going to get anything for him if you try and trade him right now. So you you just have to ride it out. So Leonard Fournette... uh, I expected maybe some ankle issues this year. That's been something that he's had in his past. I would have been cool with that if he missed two or three games with an ankle issue like he did last year. Didn't see the hamstring coming in the first half of the first game of the season. Yeah, that's rough. That that is that is rough, man. And it's you know Yeldon was pretty decent. But he wasn't great. See, he's not a guy like Connor where you're like, oh, I just fire him up, no problem. So, you know, you're stuck. Like, I'm like, ooh, do I start Derrick Henry or Carry On Johnson? Yuck. Like, that's disgusting. I don't want to start that. So I'm really frustrated with him. So you're dead to me for a while, Fournette, to get out there and actually score a damn touchdown.
1: You're dead. But you know who's alive? Who's alive? He goes by Josh Gordon. Joshua, his friends. His family call him Flash Gordon. And last week i might have jumped the gun a little bit he momentarily died to me i was smart enough not to drop him but this week we got wonderful news i put this song on for you josh not you next to me but you flash gordon you welcome yourself to the new england patriots welcome to the dark side Welcome to the one that everybody hates. But I love you. I love you so much. And I I'm in an epiphany of joy right now. Josh, help me stop all the ruckus around Josh Gordon and start him in your lineups. Maybe not this week because they say, hey, we gotta lean him in. We gotta we gotta ease him in. But overall, this was the move for you, Jordan uh, Gordon. This was the move for all your, your enthusiasts, your backers, your lovers, and I'm on cloud nine.
2: You should be. He has a great-sounding name, by the way, Josh Gordon. That, that's a good-sounding name. I like that.
1: I like that. When we come back, we'll touch on all the games during uh, of the NFL slate today, and we'll uh, get to Josh ADHD in a couple of segments. So get your fantasy start, s- sit questions ready, and we'll be back. You're listening to Monday Line. i just like you did, baby, but that's
4: all right. I love you anyway. and I'm still going
0: to be here for you to my dying day, baby. Right now, I'm just in so much pain because you just won't come back to me. Will you? Just come back to
5: me. Twitter. Twitter.
3: Follow the show on Twitter at MoneyLine975. A-9. 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 A-9.
1: A-9. A-9.
0: You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5 and on ESPN 97.5.com presented by my bookie live from the renterswarehouse.com studios. Here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan.
1: Welcome back to Moneyline in studio with my co-host at Jordan PFX is where you can find them all his work on SportsMap. Both of our. We both write for SportsMap, so anything that we speak of here, I write about two or three times a week. He drops his rankings. He does his fantasy uh, under-the-radar plays every week, so make sure you get over to SportsMap and check it out. There's so much good content over there.
2: No doubt about it. We got you covered. We also have A.J. Hoffman's fantasy rankings. We have my column. All of Jerry's gambling plays are on there, so just either hit that NFL or gambling tab, and, and that's where all the fantasy goodness is on SportsMap. So make sure you get over there and check it out. I think we're going to get into this Texans game here first because why not? We're in the city of Houston and really, really big game for the Texans today. We don't want to see them go 0-3 or, you know, how that's going to go. So let's kind of get into this one. Um, A guy that, I mean, I'll just go with it right here. I used him as my my main kind of cover art play in my Under the Radar column, and it's Will Fuller. I kind of like him today. I know that... The Giants, by the numbers, haven't been giving up tons and tons of points to receivers, at least in this small sample size of two games in 2018. But they do have some injuries in their secondary. And I just think the Texans' offense is a different offense with Fuller and Watson and Hopkins all together, firing on all cylinders. So I like Will Fuller as an upside play today. So if he's somebody I have him in some of my daily lineups, I like Fuller. Hopkins, you're playing every week. Jerry and I were talking during the break. Jerry thinks that Deshaun Watson could have a really big game today. Tell us a little bit
1: about that, Jerry. Well, the injury to Eli Apple, that's big for his backup, B.W. Webb. He's played on seven NFL teams. Now, that could be a good (laughs) thing. You don't know (laughs) B.W.? Yeah. So it's like, what scares you about this Giants team. And whenever you're struggling, you need one of these games, one of these things that you can just hammer someone. This is one of those games where you could throw 35, 40 points up. And I know it's hard to believe it. Maybe it's wishful thinking, but I think this might be that spot. As far as Fuller, he paid 82% of the snaps last week. Let's look at his last four box scores. Eight for 113 touchdown, five for 125, two, two for 62, one, two for 57, two and four Catches 35 yards and two. So he's had touchdowns in every game, multiple on three of the last four or I'm sorry, five. And that's something I guess that we have get accustomed to seeing for his speed and the trust that Deshaun Watson got for him as the long ball. I heard someone earlier this week talk about it and it made perfect sense. And they were talking about how and I, I believe you spoke about it also about his check down is just throwing that long ball. And it comes to a point where Watson's looking and he kind of got a little bit of happy feet for me now in the pocket it seems like it seems like he goes back he does his three step five step back whatever he dropped and once he hits that back foot he bounces one two times he looks at his first read and he goes and that's what sometimes you get him whenever he does get a little bit of extended time in the pocket he'll use that as a check down if he sees one-on-one coverage he just launches it for fuller and fuller's catching him
2: no doubt and i think the other reason there's two other reasons i like them this week and it's the pass rush for the giants they're not that good And I know the Texans offensive line isn't that good either, but I think Watson's going to have a little more time this week. And then the other really big thing is they're playing at home. You know, Watson's finally going to be able to actually – you know, talk to his guys, get everybody in the right play, be able to actually hear the offensive linemen are going to be able to hear him, you know, hike the ball. So that, you know, for a young quarterback, that makes a big difference when you're not on the road having to deal with all those silent counts. So I think that's going to be really big for Watson today. I think he's kind of a, a really good front runner, too. Like when Watson's going, like that Tennessee game last year when they dropped 50 points, like when he gets rolling, man, th- there's no stopping this dude. So I have a feeling if, you know, if they finally get started early this week, Week, which will be big for Houston because you remember last week they didn't score until there was like one or two minutes left in the first half. So that, you know if they can get going early today, I think they're going to front run and they're, and they're going to roll the Giants. And the- I,
3: oh, I was going to say I like Lamar Miller in this one because you know he he's already racked up one hundred and seventy some rushing yards this year. And if you think about it, because they've been behind in the first two games, they've had to kind of fade away from Lamar in the second half and pick up the passing game. So for me, if they can get ahead of the Giants, which who knows? At this point, maybe that'll be a perfect opportunity for not only Lamar Miller to have a good first half, but also collect some of those trash time points.
1: And that's perfect for him. Someone that is dominating the touches. He had 16 touches on 76% snaps to Blue seven on 25. Now, in Week One, Blue did vulture that goal line touchdown from him. But truth is that he's getting out carried six to one. So Miller's got six to one a red zone carries. Actually, inside the ten, which is even more important, and the Giants are coming off allowing plus one thirty-yard uh, rushing games in each in each of the first two games. So mm. I think Miller is a strong, strong upper tier RB two, maybe you know, tr- right on the on the cuffs of the uh, RB one.
3: That's interesting. Yeah, and he's only five grand in daily fantasy. So I mean, you're talking about a a guy who could probably give you running back one value for running back two cost.
2: And probably for me, I liked him last week, so that means he's going to have a good game this week. That's the way it usually goes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I thought the Tennessee game would, you know, kind of line up to where they were, you know, ahead a little bit, and you know, you get a fake punt and all the you know BS that happened in that game, and the game script got turned upside down, and they were playing from behind. Um, let's talk about this from a, a gambling angle. It Looks like Texans are favored by six points. Like like we said, they're at home. Um, what, what do you think, Jerry? Do you, all right, what side As are you on? a
1: favorite, I love the Texans overall. In the last six years, they're 57.6% winners as favorites. That number it went down some last year after that bad year, and they went, it, it was two and four in games they were favored. But if you look at them overall, they usually perform well when they're favored, and this is the best spot. I mean, come, I'm, y- you're in a must win. This is as must win as you can get for being this early in the season, and the Giants aren't exactly anything scary. What did we see from the Giants against the Cowboys, a team that used their one of their most vital weapons in Barkley, all they did was give him screen passes or or, or little yeah. checkdowns. Every time you saw him, he made the first guy miss. If if you can have one thing to say about the Cowboys Giants game was that Barkley Never got tackled by the first guy. He always made the first defender miss. But when your average target of depth is behind the line of scrimmage, you're having to make two people miss to gain two yards, and that's exactly what happened. He's leading. He's he's second right behind uh, Beckham in targets and catches on that team. But it's all because Eli's just giving it to him on the short, short thing. That's all you saw against the Cowboys was Barkley yep. making one guy miss, two yard gain, making one guy miss, three yard gain. And the truth is, with Barkley is. Fifty-one percent of his yards for this year came on that one run, week one. Yeah, that's it. So, what is he really? An under-three-yard per carry guy? He—it's he, funny. I mean, he's got more targets than a lot of the elite receivers
2: in fantasy football, which is crazy. But I think, I think they're going to have to use him today because Eli's going to have to get rid of the ball and. What We talk about this with the Texans every week, right? Like, we, we're kind of bad against defending, pass-catching running backs. James White always tears us apart. Guys like that. So you have to, like Barkley, uh, let's quickly hit the giant side of the ball from fantasy. I, I kind of like Ingram this week because – Not because of him, but just because, you know, Texans typically aren't that good against uh, opposing tight ends. So I think he could have a – yeah, it's just true. I'm sorry, Chris Tucker. I I have to tell the people the truth. And so I think he could make a play, and obviously you're starting Beckham. Shepard, you're probably getting away from. Eli Manning, oh, God, if you're starting Eli Manning on your fantasy team, then – you haven't been listening to us.
1: So a good measure that people started using in the fantasy world is air yards. Basically, the depth of the target when the quarterback releases the ball to where the uh, the pass catcher is, right? So if somebody with a lot of air yards, that means they're running deeper routes. Somebody with smaller air yards but a lot of volume, that means they're a yards-after-catch guy. Whenever you think of OBJ, he's seventh in the NFL in air yards. So he's a top-ten guy, but he doesn't have a catch over 25 yards yet.
2: That's crazy. and. It's got to be Jonathan Joseph who they put on him today, don't you think?
1: And yeah, and he's allowed eight of 11 targets to be completed for 72 yards and a touchdown this year. Um, that's Jonathan Joseph. Is that third. good? <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's That's why you think this game's got a low total, but then yeah. I think it's more this, and we spoke about the correlation of sometimes correlating your running back to the defensive stack, and that's where it's going to help Lamar Miller with – the texans they're gonna their defense is gonna help the offense the offense will feed off of that off the energy because that we we always talk about the texans offensive line let's talk the giants yeah eric flowers is maybe the worst offensive lineman in football now i did hear some news this this morning that they're gonna sit him, and that's that's not what i wanted to hear because jj was gonna eat today today was the day that he was going to feast but at the same time they got more than one problem on that offensive line and I think this is their coming up party they'll feed off that.
2: So let's uh real quickly cuz we're up against it let's talk about that number you said it's not that high. I'm on uh checking it out right here online and about a 43 and a half is the number I'm seeing. Do, do you like one side of that play or no?
1: If I was playing in if I'm playing anything I would play the over right for the reason that I think the Texans get off and score. Their team totals is 24 and a half. I think they score somewhere around 27. But their defense isn't all that reliable. And I could, see, I could easily see a garbage time touchdown from the Giants to come back door. So uh, the spread at six, six and a half, seven, I don't like it so much because it leaves the back door open. And when you have a defense that you really can't trust that much or a team that's been making boathead decisions, you can be up in the game by 10. The the, the Texans are feeling good. They're about to get their win. They're up by double digits, two scores. And all of a sudden, they allow that back door touchdown, makes it a 3. Point game and so for that those reasons I believe that the Giants will be chasing and they'll be reluctant they'll have to throw some more so I do like the over slightly not I'm not going to play it but it's a lean.
2: All right, well there you have it. That's what we think about the Texans game for this week. We're up against a break, so uh we'll get to that and we'll be right back with you listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5.
5: Twitter.
3: Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline97.5. Girls everywhere, hands, hands in the air. So party over here, shakin' for the man of the Oh, uh, Met man of the Yeah, met man at the bounce. Where I see girls everywhere, hands, hands in the air. So party over here, shakin' for the man of the Yeah, uh, Met man, man of the Yeah, met man at man the bounce.
0: You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 975 and on ESPN 975.com. Presented by Sky Wonder Pyrotechnics. Live from the renterswarehouse.com studios, here's
1: Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. 713 780 3776 is the number you want to call right now because this is my favorite segment of the show. We have. Josh, ADHD, from Fantasy Insiders and Roto-Grinders. He will be on. <laughs> you already know he's going to bring the heat. He'll be here to answer all your stardom, sit questions or anything that you might want to shoot, at, uh, shoot his way. So without further ado, the man of the week, the man of the hour, my guy, Josh, ADHD, what's up? Not much, man. How are you doing today? Really good. Even better now that we got you on the phone, man. Me and Josh were talking pre-show and just throwing some things off each other and we're ready to get right into it so let's jump right in
2: yeah no doubt yeah we're talking josh uh, you're a great follow on twitter at (laughs) fantasy adhd i started following you this week so if you're out there and you're on twitter definitely check out josh's account he's got some good stuff um this week i want to You'll know this over the course of the season, Josh. I'm, we've talked about it before. I love me some cheap quarterbacks in daily on DraftKings. I kind of find myself <laughs> gravitating towards Ryan Tannehill this week. Tell me if, if I'm if I'm crazy or if maybe he could be a sneaky, good, cheap play this week.
5: That's interesting. I, I looked at him for a few minutes this week. I'm, I'm, personally, I'm not sure if I'm crazy about him just because I – I think the Miami offense is a little bit of a mixed bag. I, I don't know if that game's going to be able to put enough points on the board for Tannehill to really pay back a ton over what his value would be, but I I don't mind the play. I think there's certainly um, some merit to it. I think Kenny Stills is going to have a pretty good game today. I don't think he's going to have any issue getting open. And, uh, you know, Miami certainly could put up 28, 30 points against a team that's traveling, you know, 3,000 miles across the country to play an early kick. So I don't mind it too much. Okay. But if we're going to look at some alternatives on cheap quarterbacks, I would certainly look at Blake Bortles today. Yeah. Uh, I think he's priced at, like I think, 5600 on DraftKings. With the announcement that um, Leonard Fournette is going to be out, I think that really points to Jacksonville running the same type of high-flying offense like they ran last week against New England.
2: I completely agree with you. I, I picked up Bortles in, in one of my lineups as well, so I really like him this week. Um, what about – we were talking about this a little or, uh, earlier with uh, Corey Clement. Um, Some people are saying, yeah, take the free space. Go ahead and and load up on him for fantasy. Uh, Some people are saying, "Like, no, you want to go more contrarian because everybody's going to have Clement in their lineup. Where are you with him this week?
5: Um, I think he's okay. I don't know if he's necessarily a free space because we haven't seen Philadelphia really just lean on one running back in their offense even when some of their players have been hurt. So, I think whether it's Wendell Smallwood, whether it's Josh Adams, I think they're still going to divvy up the work quite a bit if I were going to look at a cheap running back, I would still look in that game. I'd look at a player like Nyheim Hines, who is, I think, a really good candidate to see 9-10 targets in that game with uh, Marlon Mack being out and with the potential of Indianapolis being down in that game. So, I, I, Clement, I'm i a little bit hesitant about this week. I just have free spaces or hardly ever free spaces in my opinion.
1: I like it. 713-780-ESPN if you want to get in and ask Josh any kind of questions. We have a Caller Jeff, you're on money line.
4: Hey, what's going on, guys? How are y'all? Good.
5: Good. Um, I have a I have a quarterback dilemma for this week. Uh, I've got Cam Newton or Ryan Fitzpatrick. I can't choose between the two. Oh man, that's that's a tough one. I, I think I would probably lean on Cam Newton. I like his floor quite a bit. I'm still hesitant about Ryan Fitzpatrick, even though that offense has been completely explosive. So I I wouldn't fault anybody for playing him. Obviously, we think that game is going to shoot out. We think both teams could get into the 30s pretty easily. I don't see any issue playing either guy. But, personally, I like Cam Newton. I like his floor this week. I think they're going to be able to beat Pinty pretty handily. And uh, that's kind of where I stand on that.
1: Welcome to 2018 when we're comparing Fitzpatrick to (laughs) Cam Newton. Welcome to the new age of football. Let me ask you another question, sticking with the Panthers. I saw that McCaffrey played 94% of Carolina's uh, snaps last week, and he was basically uh, uh, the magnet to the ball, 15 targets, 22 touches. Is this something we could get accustomed to, Josh, or do you see his touches regressing?
5: I I don't see how it's going to change right now. They've been firmly committed to him as their feature back since the preseason. And they haven't changed their usage at all. In fact, his usage went up last week. So, I think he's here to stay until you know until they show otherwise. I would commit to it too, just like they have.
1: Let's go back to the H R M P listener line. Thomas, you're on Moneyline. What's up? I have a question. Um, should I start Ryan Fitzpatrick or Aaron Rodgers? Yeah,
5: that's a tough one too. We just, we just talked about the new age of Brian Fitzpatrick making some tough decisions for us. So I think I would probably go with Aaron Rodgers. I like Aaron Rodgers' floor this week. I think, you know, even though he's still digged up, his knee's still a little bit hurt, I don't have any issue playing him at Washington. They still going to throw the ball a bunch. I think they have a, um, I think they have a really good chance to score 28, 30 points this week. So I, I'll probably go with Rodgers there.
1: All right, let's talk about the home team a little bit. I know some people are wondering and hoping that this is Watson's breakout game, and I guess not so much that he's been doing so bad, but he's not been so special as we wanted him to be. What do you think about the Texans overall from a fantasy standpoint?
5: You know, I think, this, especially this week, I think they're in a really good spot. Um, You know, New York's been really, really slow out of the gate this season. I think this is a week that they may try to chase things up. Obviously, they made some moves on their offensive line today, uh, they've gotten rid of Eric Flowers as a starter. They've reinserted—I can't remember his name off the top of my head—but they they changed up of their offensive line. They're actually they're trying to do some things differently. So I think there's a—I think New York has a puncher's chance today of putting up some points and and forcing the Texans to also put up some points. So I know a lot of folks are looking at this game as kind of a sneaky shootout potential, and I, I kind of agree with them on that. We, we are pretty sure that Houston's going to have a lot of offensive firepower at their disposal today. I think they're going to try to use it. Um, so I, I'm really hopeful for today. I think I think Houston's got a good chance to to really lay it on in New York.
2: All right, great. Uh, Cam actually has a question for you, our producer. Uh, we all play fantasy and we all want some help. So, Cam, what's your question for well, Josh? Well,
3: I think this kind of uh, hits with everybody, Josh. What are your thoughts when, say, for example, um, you know, you pick up a defense, um, and then you also want to pick up, uh, you know, a cheap player that is actually playing against that defense? Is that something that you stick away from, or is that something where the gamble is not quite high and the risk is a little bit, or the uh, the payoff is a little bit more. It depends. Like If
5: I think that a defense has a chance to, to score points through turnovers, I don't have any issue pairing them with a, an opposing player. That could be a quarterback. That could be a wide receiver. I typically won't do it with a running back unless it is a pass-catching running back. Now, if, it, if it's a running back that just takes a lot of carries, typically the game script's going to dictate that they're going to be ahead, which is not a good thing for your fantasy defense. So, if I'm doing it, I'm doing it with the idea that the opposing passing offense is going to be on the field a lot and making mistakes.
1: Let's go back to the listener line. Is that AG? AG, you're on money line. I'm sorry. I'm uh, getting a little old. The vision here is hurting. All right.
5: I got a flex question. In a PPR league, do I start Deshaun Jackson, Brandon Cook, or to Mary Thomas? I'll hang up and look. Yeah. For me, I think I would go with uh, Brandon Cooks. You know, Brandon Cooks has been getting a lot of volume in that offense. But, uh, while it's a very diverse offense and they spread their passing attack around, there's more than enough to go around for everybody. I like Deshaun Jackson, but he's really, really boomer bust right now. And I'm, I'm waiting for the bust week to come, as it very well could be this week. So for me, it's, uh, between those three, it's going to be Brandon Cooks. All
1: right, another caller, Andrew. Welcome in the money line. Go ahead. The Rhodes Hey, man, uh, I got a question. you think with the rain in Philadelphia it's okay to still play Nelson Aguilar in cash? And am I okay uh, fading Kareem Hunt in uh, cash
5: this week? Yeah, I think you're okay sticking with the Philadelphia guys and the Indianapolis guys in the rain. I don't think the rain's really going to affect them. The only time I ever let weather really affect my decisions is if the wind is up over 20 miles an hour sustained. So if it's rain, these guys can play in the rain. I don't think it's an issue. And then Kareem Hunt, I, I don't have any issue fading Kareem Hunt and cash. I mean, they – they haven't shown a lot of uh, willingness to throw him the ball in the offense this year. I know a lot of folks are leaning on him because it's a home game, because they're you know they think he's due. But there's a lot of good plays around Kareem Hunt price-wise this week that I don't think you have an issue uh, fading him and choosing somebody else. It could be you know Gio Bernard, it could be uh, Chris Thompson. You know there's there's just some good options around him.
2: Great. There's some good info there. Here's something we don't talk a lot about, Josh, and that's defenses for daily. And I guess, first of all, maybe some defenses you like this week, and then also kind of your strategy when when picking a defense every week.
1: Yeah, I'm curious what you do, Josh, as far as that. Also, do you, like, say, ever do you just basically flyers on them? Do you not spend up on them? That's a really good question, Josh, because I was wondering the same thing.
5: Yeah, it, it depends on the matchup. I, I Typically, I, I kind of have a flow chart I use for, for my defensive selection, and it, I like defenses that are playing at home. I like defenses that are favored uh, by the biggest spread. So those are the first two main points I look at. And then the, the next point I look at after that is, do I think they're playing a passing offense that makes mistakes? And if I if I know that the team that they're playing throws the ball a lot or is going to need to throw the ball a lot and maybe has kind of a shaky quarterback situation, that kind of locks me in on some defenses for the week. So, like this week, that leads me to spend up on a couple of guys. Like I could spend up on the Vikings, I could spend up on the Jaguars. I like both of those defenses a lot this week. But Touch if up. I want to spend down, if I want to spend down, I'm gonna look at the Baltimore Ravens this week because I think Case Keenum doesn't mind throwing picks. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's thrown picks in both games they played this year, and I don't see any issue with playing Baltimore this week. I think they're twenty eight hundred. If you need a little bit of salary relief.
2: Uh, quickly, uh, Texans are that exact same price. They kind of fit that criteria you just uh, mentioned about being home favorites and facing a quarterback that makes some mistakes. Uh, do you like the Ravens or the Texans better?
5: I, I think it's kind of a coin flip between the two. I, I, I would probably side on the Texans side just a little bit because I know that Eli is a little bit more mistake-prone than Keaton. So, but I don't have any issue playing either of those guys. I think the Texans are a good
1: choice this week. All right, and as far as defenses, I also had a question today. This week, we have a seventeen-point spread in the NFL, which is as high as you're going to see. So, as far as from a fantasy perspective, does that make you fade everyone? Let's say on the Vikings, knowing that you might get—I don't know how even far the, the they they play. You know, full out the starters. Do they? You do you only get three quarters worth of game time from these guys? Do, does that make you shy away from the game and overall?
5: I don't think so. Uh, I, now, would you maybe cap the ceiling potential on these players a little bit? I think that's reasonable, but I don't think I would ever, ever consider a player, you know, only playing three quarters of a game. I mean, it's the NFL. And even with the 17 point spread, the games are, they're very tough. And I think they tend to be closer than that spread says. You know, we think Buffalo going to get totally wiped out. Yeah, that's probably the case, but. Buffalo's still gonna fight, and I think that Minnesota's still gonna run the offense the way they run their offense, which is throwing the ball. So I, I don't see any issues sticking with those guys if that's if that's where you're feeling it this week.
1: We have Josh from Fantasy Insiders and Roto Grinders. You can find him at Fantasy ADHD. We have another call. Oscar, you're on Monday line. What's up?
5: Uh yes, sir. I either I just in the scoring league, I was curious either Connor with Pittsburgh or Murray with the Vikings. Yeah, I think I would probably stick with Connor just because I feel like that offense is, is going to be a little bit more prolific than what Minnesota is going to be this week. I don't mind Murray, but I think if I have Connor, I'm going to play him until they show me otherwise.
2: Great. Uh, I actually wanted to get to tight ends here, Josh. Is, uh, is there anybody you like this week? We haven't talked a whole lot about tight end plays. Is, what's your strategy there and maybe some some plays you like for this week?
5: Yeah, if, unless I see like a, a high price tight end and like just totally catbird spot, I tend to pay down at tight end. This week, I'm looking at Austin Hooper in a game that we think is going to shoot out pretty well. I like Hooper this week. He's been getting a lot of red zone looks, but they're using him in the offense this season. He's 2,900 bucks. He's third cheap. So he allows you a lot of flexibility around the other side of the roster. Uh, you know, we talked about George Kittle a lot last week. His price has gone up, but I don't think that's a big deal. His usage is still very heavy in the offense. He didn't get a lot of work after the first quarter last week. I'm not sure why that was, but I think this week, if we think that game is going to shoot out in Kansas City, uh, George Kittle is kind of front and center for me for a tight end that kind of fits all the criteria we look for in something that's low price.
1: Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. We're a little bit over an hour till kickoff. Josh is a busy guy, so we're lucky to have him on with us this long. So take advantage, Evan. You're on moneyline. What's going on?
5: Hey, I got a defensive question. Do I take the Ravens defense or Cowboys defense? I'm gonna hang up. Yeah, I don't have any issue with either of these guys. I think um, I think the Ravens probably have more upside because they're going to be facing a team that throws the ball more. The uh, what you're looking for with the Cowboys' defense is just sacks, and, and they've gotten a lot of pressure on the quarterback this year. The only issue I have playing the Cowboys' defense is that Seattle has recommitted to running the ball this week in the press, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's not that many opportunities for them to try to you know get interceptions and create turnovers. And that game's going to be very slowly paced, so less plays, less opportunities for turnovers, and it all kind of has me leaning back toward you know, the Ravens, So I, I probably side with the Ravens a little bit. I don't mind the Cowboys. I just, I think the Ravens are going to have more opportunity.
2: Awesome uh, guys. Uh, Josh is still with us. 713-780-ESPN, 713-780-ESPN. We'll try and get to all your fantasy questions as quickly as we can. Looks like we have Jeff on the line, Jeff, what you got for us?
5: Yeah, it's a, a flex league, or I'm sorry, a uh, 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 points per reception league flex for today. Uh, T.J. Yeldon or or Will Fuller with Leonard Fournette being out? I would probably side towards Fuller. You know, Fuller's a lot of targets in the offense, and I think, you know, he and Deshaun Watson just make this sweet music together, it seems like. So I I really like Fuller this week.
2: I I do, too. I actually have him as he's in my my under-the-radar plays this week. I really like Will Fuller this week. Uh, Hey, the questions just keep rolling in. Andrew, you're on Moneyline.
3: I man, I just got a
1: question for a flex. Who, who should I start out of, Phillip, Lindsay and John Brown in
5: the flex? I would probably side with John Brown here. His usage has been a lot more consistent uh, in there. A lot of work in Denver, and he's the pass catching back for the Broncos. I just happen to like Brown more, and I can't tell you why other than I like his volume in the passing offense. They've committed a lot of air yards to him. And I think his his workload is going to be more consistent.
1: All right, let's take one last call. We got to let Josh get back. He has a lot of stuff going on his Sunday morning. So for the last call, Octavio, you welcome to Moneyline.
3: Hello, uh,
5: just wondering, should uh, I start Jared Goff or Russell Wilson this uh, weekend? I would go with Goff. I, that's a passing offense through and through. And I uh, I think that game has a lot of shootout potential against the Chargers. I would start him every week until. You know, either he has a bye week or, or you have just this totally awesome situation on the other side.
2: All right, there we go. I'd really like to thank Josh for joining us this week. Sorry, guys, we're going to have to cut off the calls here and let him go. I'm sure he's got some, some lineups and other things to attend to. Uh, Josh, thank you once again. Man, you are fantastic. You can find Josh's work on Twitter at at FantasyADHD. Josh, thanks again, man. We really look forward to catch, uh, catching up with you again next week.
5: All right, guys. Right on. Thanks for having me. Good luck this week.
2: Hey, you too. Thank you. You're the man. All right, guys. Well, we tried to we tried to get you as many picks and plays as we possibly could, but we still have an entire – basically over an hour left before we get to kickoff. I just saw an alert that it looks like Aaron Rodgers has been switched from questionable to healthy. So if you're worried about Aaron Rodgers or any of his receivers, it looks like they're going to be good to go today. So we're up against a break here. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5.
0: Twitter, Twitter. Follow
3: the show on Twitter at MoneyLine97.5.